All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We've got a special guest here, but before I get into that, Miss Sarah, how's the world treating you? Everything's good. Hey, I'm going to start this show off by mentioning we are pre-recording yes, today. Yes, we are. Because we're actually live on location right now, and we wanted to dedicate all of our time with uh, interacting with people as they're coming and going, and we didn't want to necessarily have to be bogged down with doing the show live out there. That would have been a lot to do. Yeah, juggle. it would have been a lot. So we wanted to make sure that we're focusing on the show, but we also wanted to focus on everybody that's coming and going mm-hmm. at this event. So you want to tell us about it? So Cox Hospital is putting on a child safety event. It uh, I, This is going to be our first time there, so I don't have a whole lot of background, but it looks to me, as far as what I can see in the plans, there's going to be a lot focused on child car seats and how they're strapped in. We're going to be manning a booth just with some roadside preparedness and getting to meet Sarah and I. Um, we're going to have Miss um, Amanda out there, which is one of our service advisors. So if you have any questions or car needs, you'll see us at the KSGF booth with the KSGF uh, promotion car. And if you've got questions, definitely stop in and visit with us. If you've got ideas you want us to talk about, whatever would be great. Um, now, I'm going to get a little personal, Sarah, if that's okay. Perfect. How was your first experience strapping in a child safety seat? Oh, my gosh. It was a disaster. <laughs> so, yes. Thankfully, the hospital, actually, we oh. had Alton at Cox. Uh-huh. So they had a child car seat expert mm-hmm. come out and make sure that we had it installed correctly, made sure that Excellent. we had it in the right place in both of our vehicles. And... They helped us put him in the car seat Mm -hmm. for the first time because that's a little intimidating if you've never done it before, which we hadn't. (laughs) We're like, where do we put the the little harness straps? Mm -hmm. Where where does it go on their chest? And they helped us out with all of that. But if you're a first time parent and you've never done that before, it can be very intimidating because you want to make sure your little one is safe. That's right. As well as each car manufacturer has tried to incorporate that into their design of their, especially the rear seats, obviously is where it should be. Um, So if you move your child seat from car to car, it's not always fastened in in the same manner. So they're going to have folks that are specifically trained in that. I didn't realize they did that when you had a baby. So that's a very smart idea, in my opinion. So I encourage lots um, of folks to stop in there. They're also going to have food trucks, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm I like for the food. Yeah, I like some <laughs> variety there. So um, we will be there essentially while you're listening right now. We're going to be uh, manning a booth. You'll just have to wander around and find us. But uh, should be a good time. We're going to have some swag to give away as well, which I'm excited about that. That's right. Yeah. So let's just jump in. We uh, alluded that we have a guest here. We have our own Annie. Miss Annie, how are you? Excellent. Good, good, good. Um, Annie, we start each guest off with a little bit of a background origin story. You have been in the business a little while. I have. I would say going on about 10 years. Wow. So do you regret it? I'm putting you on the spot. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I feel like I'm in the right place. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I have known kind of, you know, when you're in a business, and I'm sure this is that way. If you're an attorney, you know other attorneys. If you're in, you know, masonry work, you know other masons. So the automotive industry is a pretty small group of folks, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. So you have some formal training. You went to our uh, OTC, correct? I did. I have my degree from... 
OTC and automotive technology. So how was your experience there? Kind of, and, and, and it'd be real, because I know there were some things afterwards. You're like, I, it really didn't kind of necessarily, it gave you some tools, mm-hmm. but not necessarily all the tools. It gave you your foot in the door and got you into the business, right? It did. So I am very grateful um, for that experience, for that reason. I definitely learned a lot. The hands-on portion um, wasn't um, as good as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it it prepared me very well for real in shop, you know, working on cars. Um, but I'm still grateful for the experience. Like you said, it got me in the door and that's where, um, the career portion of, um, that part of my life started. So I think if I remember right, maybe that was one of the first times that, you know, we had essentially been in the same room. Was it one of the power panels? Was that? It was. It was. Yes. Yep. That was, I listened to you lead that power panel and, um, Honestly, that was kind of the final push um, that gave me the um, gave me the gu- guns to go in. And the next mm-hmm. day, I went to a shop that I had been interested in and handed in my resume. And that's where I ended up um, going to work in automotive. Well, that's awesome. I you know I we do the show and and we've done it for, I think for six or seven years, and we do these power panel events because we need good people in the industry. And it's not an overly I would say tough industry. But there's a lot of things going on, and it's not for everybody. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you almost have to be kind of a, a little bit off kilter a little bit, I guess, to get <laughs> You've in. you got to have the bug. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't love it, I just – typically you're miserable, I guess, and, yes. and you don't stay, and you shouldn't stay. You know, if I didn't love what I did for a living – and I have some tough days. I mean, the last mm-hmm. few nights – it's been miserably hot. I go home and I am, you know, doing some of my chores and stuff around the house, but I am just toast. I am wiped out. And we do what we need to. And, and I still love getting up the next day and going back into work and doing it again. So um, I lay there and think about it, you know, at night of what I'm going to do the next day, how I need to take care of this car, this customer, mm-hmm. some of our team members. So you've been, you know, a, exposed to a few different cultures um, throughout the industry. And I think when we sat down and interviewed you this last time, one of the things that you were most interested in, and and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you wanted to be able to kind of influence or set the tone and lead a shop. Was that something that interested you about coming to work with us? Yes, absolutely. um, That's something that, I mean, I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I want to be a good leader when I get older, but over the years... um, having different influences, good and bad. I feel like I have started to hone in on some things I would like to, um, that I feel I can exemplify as a good leader. And it's so needed. Yeah. Yeah. It's so needed. Thankfully, you know, years ago I interviewed with uh, David Weiser and Lois Schulte at the time, Lois and Kenny own the company now. And I was struggling at one point. I had a very poor leader at that point in time. Um, He did a lot of things good, but uh, I was struggling with, you know, kind of where he was going in life and, and in general. And Lois has been my mentor for a long time at this point. And, you know, we sat down and we were kind of working through some of that. And I don't know whether she intentionally did this or not, but it, it was a pivotal point in my growth uh, as a technician manager and, and hopefully, you know, in, in good leadership to set the tone of a, of a business and company. That she said you can learn as much, if not more, when when somebody does things wrong than when they do them right. And initially I was like, yeah, what in the world are you talking about, you know? But the more I thought about it, is it's, it's great to see 
you know, great leadership or somebody even to do a skill very, very well. But to watch what you shouldn't do almost teaches mm-hmm. you so much more and gives you an awareness of it. So I know we've talked about that on the show many, many times. And some folks sometimes are like, let's just talk about cars. This is a car <laughs> show. And I get that. And I love cars, too. But we're in the people business. I don't care what you do out there. If you can communicate with people, it allows me to diagnose, correctly repair, and turn out a better product because we're good with people. And it's not me turning the wrenches on every car or me, you know, being your service advisor, your liaison between your car and the technician. It's a team of us. I mean, we have a pretty good amount of folks that get a tremendous amount of work done that I never touch. And the only way that that happens is that everybody has some buy-in and does it in a manner that they're as passionate about it as I am. Hopefully that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I realize I pulled my soapbox out here a little bit. So to back up a little bit to kind of a little bit of kind of where you were coming from, your initial uh, passion was going to be a technician, if I'm not mistaken. Is That's that right? That's correct, yes. Yeah, I see a little hesitation for everybody. And uh, <laughs> maybe not hesitation is probably not the right word. Um, you still have a flair that you want to be a technician. Is that right? Or have you decided differently? As a career, I would say that ship has kind of sailed. I would love to have um, side projects and to continue to learn, um, you know, as far as getting my hands dirty. But um Honestly, where I have landed now, I think it's a really good, um, really good position for my skill set. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that working in the shop is real, really feasible now. But I'm, I'm okay with that because I love what I do. Well, and I've seen you, you know, have you know armfuls of tires that you're dragging from <laughs> the front. You're not scared, which is, is wonderful, and I appreciate that so much. But I've seen you kind of really embrace, and it feels like a good fit managing our Sunset location. Now, just to back up, um, any of you that are loyal customers to our Sunset location, David has been our store manager there for many years at this point. He's still with us. We have some big projects going at some other locations, and David graciously trusted us enough to make a little transition. So if you need to find David, you definitely still can. The way we were able to do that is because... Annie, you have the horsepower to step into that role and continue to carry and and lead that shop. So the last, I'd say, month and a half, two months, I guess we're working on now, it's been really awesome the amount of people you've been able to interact with and be able to build that relationship very quickly with not only our staff and our team and our customer base and really kind of see where that goes. And I think we're really, you know, kind of hitting second gear, if you will, now. So we got lots more to talk about when we come back. Uh, Annie is in the midst of doing a repower on a Ford pickup, and we're going to talk about it after the break. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. Welcome back. We've got special guest Annie here in studio. She's managing our Sunset location. Of course, Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, you have a listener question. We probably should dive into that. Yes. So we got this question at the tail end of the show last week. Oh, awesome. Uh, So we are just now getting to it. But our listener asked, I have a 2014 Chrysler 300, 150,000 miles. The engine light came on. My husband tried to check all the fluids, but he can't get into the transmission to check Mm -hmm. it without putting it on a lift and needing some special tools. Yes. To give you the full story, a couple of weeks ago, it would not automatically shift out of a low gear, but then it didn't do it again. 
A few days later, the heater would only work on the passenger side, but not on the driver's side. Oh, goodness. The trunk wouldn't open from inside or outside, but the next day it worked fine and still does. Are these problems related, and what would you say might be the problem? That is a loaded <laughs> question. Um, I'm very good at what I do. I don't know that I'm quite that good to be able to nail that down. But what I can do is share some of the background of things that need to be checked with either the right equipment or the right skilled hands and the equipment. So I'm very familiar with those transmissions. Um, most often than not, Sarah, did they give us the year on that one? Uh, 2014. 14, okay. So most often than not, that transmission is going to have to be monitored the temperature with a scan tool, and then you have to use a, a tool. It's essentially a dipstick that the technician purchases, and there's a grid or a kind of like a very simple tape measure on the end of it. And at a certain temperature, you put the the dipstick in there, and then you measure where in the range it should be in relationship to temperature. Now, here's the fun part of this. If it's too hot, I can't check it. And if I miss it during the warm-up cycle, I have to let it sit there for hours and cool back down before I can get an accurate reading. So the the transmission side of it's a little difficult, not un, unreasonable to be done, but you need a functional scan tool with at least some data stream, which the data stream is all the information that the car is getting or giving back to the PCM or the powertrain control module. And then the electrical issues, they all could be related. Um, they're going to run through a body control module or a uh, powertrain control module, depending on how that uh, computer network is set up. If I have some crazy AC alternator ripple coming off, the alternator could create multiple problems in different systems. But those are all things that uh, our technicians deal with on a daily basis. Typically, what we do when somebody calls and if we had that discussion over the phone, what I would coach them or, or basically advise them on is, hey, we definitely have the skill set and the equipment to take care of this. We're going to need it for several hours. When can you leave it with me? And the reason that we need it for a little while is because I need to be able to go through some of the cool down cycles, the warm up cycles, and really wring out that information. I'm not saying it's not something that you couldn't wait on, but it's really not in your best interest. I want to make sure that I give the technician the necessary time to make sure that we're correct versus the old Google machine or going to the parts store and, you know, guessing and heaving parts at the car and potentially creating more problems than you already have. I cannot tell you guys out there in, in the radio land how often I actually see more problems created by um, inferior low-quality aftermarket parts being installed than they even had in the beginning. I could go on for days, and I won't bore everybody today, but it just is really the reality. The aftermarket parts world is there's no, and I don't want any more regulations, but there's no standard of service that, hey, this thing needs to be good. To the big box parts house, they just give you another one and send you back on your way, let alone they're in the business of selling parts. So the more parts they can sell you, the better off they are. We don't work that way, and I absolutely won't work that way. When I get a customer that kind of pushes me into that area, a lot of times it's like, look, I'm not the right place for you. I love our people and our customers. I'm not saying I don't want to be your facility, but I'm going to do it on our terms because we have very, very high success rate of being able to correctly diagnose the problem and get to the bottom of it. So, Sarah, I pulled out my soapbox there. I got a little, I could feel my blood pressure coming up. You think I was a little, did that make any sense? Was that a good? 
hopefully it made sense to our listener. If not, they can always shoot us That's another right. text message or they yeah. can come into the shop to see you. Yeah, It's going to need some testing time is the long and short of it mm-hmm. to get to the bottom of it. Now, Miss Annie, I'm going to bring you in on this one. Uh, you probably get this call multiple times a day of, hey, my car's doing this. How much? And, and what is it? Do you get that call from Absolutely. time to time? Yes. So do you think my synopsis of, of how to handle that was even feasible to be done and done and to a benefit to that customer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's my general take on it. I mean, sometimes I might I might throw some ideas out there to him like or to the customer that you know, with those symptoms, I I've, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen mm-hmm. this be the cause, um, but it would be of no benefit to you to uh, give you a price because it could be very close, it could be way off, and the best way to really narrow it down, give you a concrete answer is to to have you bring it in and, and have our technician actually do testing to get you some good answers. When we have folks that will follow those procedures, our success rate is unbelievably yes. high. Yes, I would agree with that. When I have folks that don't like that answer, that they're just looking for a price or they're looking for the magic bullet, a lot of times later, and we recently had this actually, we had brought one in and diagnosed it. I think it was that little Explorer. And they, for whatever reason, didn't like what we wanted to do for them. And they went to a chain store. And they threw some poor quality aftermarket parts at it, and they tried to tune it up because a tune-up always fixes a, <laughs> a runnability problem. And they basically exhausted that experience, but because of the way we handled ourselves, in my opinion, is why they came back. And it did take me a day or two to get to the bottom of it, but we were able to you know, get a good match set of injectors put in that vehicle and fix the car correctly the first time or I guess the second time in this instance, they didn't allow us to do it the first time. Um, that car ran absolutely beautiful. Did you drive that Explorer by chance? I didn't, but I talked to the customer afterwards, uh-huh. and they were thrilled with Good. it. Yes, That was a big deal because they had gotten the runaround somewhere else, and it did take, you know, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of testing that I did, even probably a little bit farther than I probably should right. have gone, um, but I can't help it, and I'm not sorry for it. <laughs> um, but it allowed us to to basically turn out probably the best running vehicle back to them even prior than them owning it. Cause I know they had bought it used and that thing ran really good when we were done with yes, it. Yes, it so. did. I would say that one was a, a win. I wish they had maybe trusted us yeah, the, the first, first time. time because it would have saved them some time and money yes. and heartache. Um, but in the end yep. it, it turned out for the better. The other shop had put in a very poor quality fuel injector and that made actually the situation worse. So, they had the primary problem that they didn't fix, and they added a problem for me to figure out, which made it a little bit more difficult. So, no, that was a, a very big win. Miss Sarah, you, uh, I think we need to do a shout-out to uh, your gentleman that's a listener at the used car lot. Oh, the new yes, car lot. Roger. <laughs> so, Roger, thank you for listening. Hopefully we add something to your uh, skill set, or if you will, or at least, you know, a part of the industry. So, how's been your hunt on the used car market? You know, it's still, uh, there's a lot of shortages out there. Have you given up? You're just like, well, no, no uh, not, not fully. <laughs> <laughs> so I had started my process of looking for a used car right before I got back from maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And then the old husband decided that he was going to switch shifts so we could make sure that we have the kiddo all yep. figured out. The, the whole babysitting thing, it's man. It's a life-changing It really experience. is a life-changing experience. So... He's on a different shift, and right now I am unable to really take the kiddo with me to go 
yeah, hunting that, that for a vehicle. A lot bigger challenge. Yeah, because I can't really de- test drive. I mean, I could, but then I'd have to get the car, car seat, seat out oh. and install it in that vehicle, figure out where it needs to go, and it would be a whole process. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of have given up, but not really. I'm still looking. But your car is still doing fine. It's yes. driving like it's supposed to. So you're not really backed into a corner, which I really think is a good thing and why I wanted to open this a little bit can of worms is I'm starting to see the used car market start to fill back up a little bit. Good. <laughs> which should, A, give you some more options, and B, pull back on some of the true price gouging, if you will. And I'm not opposed to somebody making money, so Roger, please don't think that I'm not wanting you to sell some cars. I think that's wonderful. Um, but he's got to agree as well as they're having to pay more in order to have inventory. They need to buy them. You know, you make the money on the purchase, essentially. So they need to buy them right in order to sell them right. And right now with the climate of the world, it's been amazing of how it's been on everything from, you know, gas to used cars and used homes. But, you know, when you look at not to get like political or into some of the stuff, but, you know, you look at the stock market, it's really slowing down and really taking a big hit. The crypto market, even some of the precious metal markets, they're holding out better than most. But that's kind of a lagging indicator, and I think we will start seeing some of the commodities, if you will, and the used cars, used equipment, et cetera, um, really start to come back. So long story short, I think this is in your favor that you didn't find the car you were looking for. I so. know. that's. I'm excited to be able to have a little bit more options whenever mm-hmm. I do go and look, because the last couple of months... When I've started my process, I mean, there was very few and far between. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can be really frustrating, especially whenever you're trying to find something that is not only affordable in mm-hmm. your price range, but something that's going to be worth that. Yeah. Yeah. And a good fit for your needs right exactly. now. Exactly. That's one of the biggest things I see when people have to change vehicles is a lot of time your lifestyle changes and you need something different. So, you know, you guys have moved out to the rural country, which I think is awesome. I love living in the country. Obviously, you've added to your family and the needs and so arise. The silver lining here, though, is you're probably still getting pretty good gas mileage with your old cruise. I am. That is the one uh, positive. Even though I hate trying to get the baby in and out of the back Mm -hmm. seat, that's the whole reason I want a new vehicle. It is a pain in the butt. I have to basically crawl through my back seat to put him in there because he sits in the middle. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a hot mess. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We kind of did that a little bit. You know, I've, I've got three children and... I think we started in pickups in the beginning, and then we went into bigger SUVs, and and the bigger SUVs, or at least a moderate mid-size SUV, is definitely the way to go. So uh, that's one of the things that you deal with as life gives you uh, lemons, you make lemonade, I suppose. So we're down at the bottom of the hour. Sarah, Dustin, and Annie will be right back in a moment. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. Welcome back. We've got Sarah Dustin and Miss Annie with us today. Sarah, you and I talk about repowers all the time. Yes. I've probably schooled you to death on this thing. Mm-hmm. I believe in it, though. And I have I have been able to, I don't want to say resurrect, but save a lot of great vehicles from going to the salvage. Did you pull your vehicle? I didn't. Oh, Dustin. I know. I was lame. Oh, I knew, Mazda? Yeah. I, I knew I was going to get like, yeah, why didn't you do that? So in fairness, it wasn't that I was just sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Um, Jonas and I spent pretty much most of Sunday fixing fence because I have evil cows and they're not evil, but they keep escaping and getting out. Oh, so no. I was out there with the Mazda. I gave it some love and looked at it and had a little conversation and said, hey, you know, we're 
we're gonna drag you out of the fence row uh so yeah the mazda's out with the cows essentially so um, that is on my to-do list so i didn't get to it last week but hopefully if uh weather holds out and, and we're in good shape i'll get to it this week so i did order a new set of tires for it so they oh, uh so you are gonna oh, start yeah, this yeah in hindsight and i've been talking about prices going up I had been looking at their uh, 31, 10, 50, 15s is kind of a good, um, I don't want to say mud terrain, all terrain tire. They have gone up since I started looking. And, you know, you and I have kind of been talking about this, which it hasn't really been that long that we've been talking about this. They've gone up $46 a tire. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So in hindsight, I was looking back like, hmm, I should have, you know, should have acted a little quicker. But, yes, I ordered a full set of uh, Mud Terrain. I think I went with a Nexon AT or All Terrain, maybe. Um, they're not high, super high-end tires. They're kind of middle of the road. But I think it'll be a good tire for what I'm going to be using the little four-wheel drive Mazda for. So they were delivered. They're sitting out front and uh, ready to be installed. I just need to get it up to the shop and get it in there and get all the, the snakes and <laughs> all the mice and rodents and spiders and all that out of there. So that should be fun. Maybe I'll send Jonas under there to hook the there chain you up. Go. So. <laughs> but, yeah. So we're we're making some progress there. The reason I bring up the Repower, did did we talk about the F250 here a couple weeks ago, I think? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. I know. I talk about a lot of things. But, Miss Annie, you're a big part of that F250 Repower. And so you had the customer call you here. Uh, it's probably been a month ago now. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. And they had tried to fix some of the issues with it. And this vehicle has been sitting for eight years, if I remember right. Yes. Seven, eight years, eight, somewhere in yeah, there. I, I believe he said eight and a half years. So I found a, a lot time. of the parts that they had taken off inside the cab of the truck, which was great. That made it a little more interesting for me to figure out how it went. But essentially, we've got a four-wheel drive F-250 gas engine. Um, we're doing a full uh, factory Ford reman repower in it, along with a lot of the other maintenance stuff that has uh, really kind of having a vehicle sit for so long causes brakes to lock up. You know, a lot of the fluids grow moisture and whatnot. So we're going to take care of a lot of that. The reason I bring this up is, A, I talk about it all the time and I'm very passionate about it. But B, you did something that I really hadn't or wouldn't have thought of, you know, as it came in and you heard it had been sitting so long. You recommended us pulling the fuel tank out of that vehicle to the customer. Is that right? Yes, which is not something I would typically recommend with an engine job. Just It was a coast. great call because, uh, you know, Jeff was able to, to get in the middle and help with that. And it stunk the entire... We have a big shop. The the office or the, the uh, warehouse office, which is where our headquarters is, the shop is right at 10,000 square feet. And then the office portion is probably around 3,000, I would assume. So it's a good-sized building. And when I came out of meeting with a gentleman, I was like, man, what does that smell? And I was up front. I'm like, man, it smells like paint thinner or something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? All right. So I keep walking around, you know, kind of like uh, whatever that toucan, follow your nose <laughs> as a kid. I, I can't think of what Lucky Charms or whatever it was. And then I opened the door to the shop, and I was like, holy cow. And we had all the doors open, the fans going. That fuel had soured in there something fierce. Mm -hmm. It was awful. So I was so thankful, you, you know, because last night when I was getting the engine assembled, I'm like, I'm just going to try and start it. I'm just going to do it. It'll be fine. But I thought, no, Annie, you know, discussed it with the, the customer. We're going to pull the tank down. 
We better do what we oh, said. Oh, I didn't know you were considering that. Yeah, so I'm telling on myself Uh-oh. here. Um, so, But I wanted to hear it run. I've done all yeah. this work. I've put this mm-hmm. engine in. We flow checked the injectors. I mean, we, we pulled out all the stops mm-hmm. to make sure this repower is going to be such a, a good running engine. I wanted to hear it run. And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, I better not. And he already talked to the customer. And I'm so thankful that Jeff was able to pull that out and we were able to do that because I don't want all that nasty fuel back into no. my injectors in the engine. So, yeah. Have you, at, you've been at a few different shops. Did they do a lot of repower work at any of the shops specifically or? To be honest, I have seen more engine jobs go through the shops I've worked at just in the last two years than I did the first six, seven years. I have definitely noticed that as well. Yes. Either the the vehicles are changed and made, they're significantly different, um, but their cost is going up so doggone high to go buy something new that I don't blame them for putting several thousand dollars into a vehicle. Yeah. A lot of people are making the decision to fix the vehicle they've got instead of going out and looking for a new one. So we've seen a lot of large repairs go through the shop recently. And, and I, you know, and I hate to be the old guy that talks about taxes. I'm really not all that old, but I complain about taxes a lot. We bought a new camper here this year and we traded in. So we had a little trade in credit, but it's thousands of dollars to pay taxes when you buy something like that. And it just infuriates me. And I realize we got to pay taxes. You know, I want roads and bridges and, you know, all that good stuff. But it's really kind of a turnoff, in my opinion, to fork out all your money on a camper, tractor, car, whatever, and then go to the DMV to get your licensing. And it's four grand, three grand. Somebody there, I don't know what they had bought. It was 8000 bucks they were rolling oh, off geez. there. I about fell over, and I wasn't eavesdropping. It wasn't like I was being nosy, but I was like, wow, that's insane how much money that those taxes are going to kick you in the pants after you've either written a big fat check or you financed, you know, and you look at buying a new truck. I get on and I build them from time to time on Ford's website, GM's website. You can all do that, which is actually a very neat thing. It's like seventy two grand for the truck that I want, and I think it was about 1200 a month. I'm like, nope, I'm going to keep driving my old vehicles and I'm going to keep fixing them and I'm going to keep them on the road. You know, they run good. The air conditioner works good. I got tires and, you know, they're in good shape. Why not? Yeah, I would love to have some luxury, you know, backup cameras and all that jazz, but it's it's not worth all that expense. And I really kind of view debt as that kind of noose around, you know, weighting you down a little bit if you get all this debt. Right now, I don't have a car payment. And it also allowed me to be able to, instead of buying a new truck, I went out and bought a brand new tractor because I can maintain and keep my older vehicles running. I love having that tractor. That thing is fantastic and saves me so much work. So the repower side of it, Annie, if you had to guess, well, you don't really probably have to guess, but how many engine jobs are we doing right now? Hmm. We got probably several. about five yeah. that we've got on the books or are currently being worked we on. We have never in my time seen this many people investing. You know, I think it was cheap money previously. You know, interest rates were low. There was plenty of inventory. You know, when we would price something, a lot of times people would just say, nope, I'm going to go right. get me a new car. Right. That is not the case now. 
Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> we, we have seen people, and I know I've done it, I've sought out vehicles that had bad engines, transmission, differential, whatever the case may be. Um, I actually went up to Kansas City a couple years back and bought a diesel-powered truck, very cheap. I got a deal on that thing because they couldn't get it running. Well, I did have some investment. It had sat for several years, but, man, I, I bet I'm into it for way less than 50% of what I, if I had to purchase it with it in the running condition that it is now. It's just those deals are out there, and I see people seeking out these, you know, barn finds, if you will, to where they've been, you know, idle or, you know, not loved for several years, and then they're coming in, and we're getting them fixed back up and putting them back on the road for pennies on the dollar. Now, it is an investment. I don't mean that that we're fixing these for pennies, but comparatively to ordering a brand new truck, it's way, way cheaper. So I got a gentleman friend of mine. He ordered a new truck this year. It was an F-350, 6.7 Power Stroke Lariat. You want to take a swing at what that cost, Annie? I would guess 90 He wouldn't tell me. It was south of 100 I yeah. know that, but I think it was north of 75 Here's the kicker, though. So it's a 2022, and he said when the 2023s get released... He'll be able to sell that truck, make money, and put that money towards his 2023 wow. and profit off of it. Is that not absolutely that incredible? I mean, that just tells me, holy cow, at some point in time, there's going to be, this is obviously the boom, there's going to be a bust to it. I sure don't want to be on the receiving end of that bust. I mean, you look at the dot-com bubble, the housing bubble. I mean, you look at all this stuff, you pay a little bit of attention, you're going to see a little bit of this. So it's just one of those things. I want to be a savvy consumer, and hopefully that's what we're sharing here on the show. We're going to step into one more break. We'll be right back in a minute. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah, Dustin, and Annie here in the studio today. So, Sarah, we are at, as of right now, obviously in the studio, pre-recorded, but the folks out there listening, we are out at Cox South. I don't know if I said Cox South this last go-around, but we will be out doing a children's safety event. There's going to be food trucks out there. We're going to have some swag to give away. You will find us how. What are What do they look for? They're going to see the station vehicle. Yep, and we also have the station tents. So I'm that's super how you about that. can find the specific booth, and we'll have all kinds of swag. Houston over in our promotions oh, department. I love Houston. He, he is, is such an awesome. He person. really is. He, if you haven't had the opportunity to meet Houston, he is a bright and shining star he here is. at the station. Yes, um, but he was able to find us all kinds of swag oh, from all I four of our that. stations. Oh, so sweet. we are going to have that out there and. Yeah, just come by, say hello. If you have questions, we'll write them down. Mm-hmm. We'll address them on the show. Oh, I love um, that. I or, didn't think about that. Yeah, we can address them here while we're yeah. out at the Cox uh, Safety event. I think both. Let's do both. Yeah. We should do both. How about it? No, I think that's awesome. I'm super excited you're going to be there. Um, some of the coordinators from Cox Hospital, essentially, I think, ended up running into both of us. Yes. And were able to get us on board. Um, in the beginning, I really didn't know what it is that they were doing. And I still maybe don't. You know, if this is an ongoing annual event, we'll definitely. Uh, but I'm really, the closer we get to it, the more excited I am about it. Um, the folks from Cox Hospital, I've been very um, I gotta say blessed, but you know, we've, we've had some great experience with those people who do an amazing job. You know, they do that level of care that they need to. So very, very excited. So if you have questions, you'll see the KSGF station vehicle, the KSGF pop-up tent, and then we will be out there in force, 
uh, from 10 to 2, I think, if I'm hopefully calling that right. So definitely come by and say hi, and uh, we'll be there to answer any questions, and then we'll have plenty to talk about in our future shows, I yes. suppose. So. Very, very cool. So, Miss Annie, let's get back to a little bit of the store. You're managing our Sunset location. You've been, you have been professionally doing this for almost 10 years or maybe a little bit longer. What do you want long-term? And I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't prep <laughs> you for any of this. Um, you know, you have seen A1 Custom Car Care from uh, an outsider's view, I guess. And now you're one of the insiders. Have we lived up to the hype I would say more than. Really? Absolutely. Am I paying you to say that? <laughs> I guess technically we're on the clock. So uh, I, I know you and your character, you you absolutely won't say anything that you don't absolutely feel 100% because we've had maybe not heated discussions, but we've had some discussions. Yes. So what did you think before you came to work for us? Was it something which you actually got out of the industry? I need to preface that a little bit um, when you had you know, made transitions at one point, it was actually out of the automotive repair industry. And I was like, man, that's just, that can't happen. <laughs> so we stayed in contact and there was a, an opening that we had that I thought you would fit very, very well. And you absolutely have. So, you know, what do you think from an outsider looking in? What am I overselling what it is we do here on the station when I talk about us and, and what A1 Custom Car cares about? I don't believe that at all. Um, I have worked for places where it really is all about the image. Oh. But when it comes down to it and you get behind the scenes, they are not, um, they're mis-selling themselves. Okay. And I don't believe that's the case at all. It's not what I've seen. I've been very impressed. Of course, most of my uh, views of A1 um, came from my interactions with you. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, you were... The major selling point to me, I didn't know Lois and Kenny uh -huh. very well. Um, I had kind of interacted with some of the techs over the years, but I didn't have a lot of experience with A1, but you were really the selling point. Oh, I, thank you. I could get behind you as as a leader, and I might embarrass you a little bit. but <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, but I take that as a great compliment. When I talk about we need people that love this industry, that I, absolutely, that's what I'm about. And I'm able to be about that so much because Lois and Kenny are those people. I mean, they work just as hard as yes, anybody I'm I have ever worked that. with. Yes. You know, Kenny does so much. And, and the beautiful thing is nobody really has to say something. He sees something, he does it, boom, take care awesome. of it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Lois the same way. She's making sure that the business is healthy, business is doing good, and allows us really to, you know, perform, you know, in the area that I like to be in, which is the car stuff. Yep. So... You know, I love what it is we do. I love fixing cars. And I've even seen it a few times where I'm like, yeah, we can fix that. And you're like, are you sure we can take that <laughs> on? And sometimes I'll be honest, I do get myself in the deep end of the pool and I'm like, crap, you know, but I'm committed to it. And as long as you don't give up, you really don't fail. You know, there's times that things don't work out right. And it's like, oh, dang it. Um, mm -hmm. But you, you just can't throw in the towel. Right. It's you the still got to own it. Yeah. If I said I'll fix it, I will. We may have to go a little bit different approach than what we initially thought. Um, we're working on a couple of things that I've never worked on before. I would yes, love <laughs> <laughs> I would love to sit up here and say, hey, you know, I know everything that's going on with every car. In reality, I absolutely don't. I truly don't. I've never met a technician that does. Now, I've met some amazing, and we have some amazing technicians within our organization, um, 
but it's the skill set to find the answer is really yes. what I'm after. Yes. And you also, I like that, I mean, you don't cower when it gets to the difficult part. I have worked for people who get us into those situations. Mm-hmm. And before long, I turn around, they've abandoned oh. the situation. They're like, good luck with that. Now yeah. you've got to figure out how to how to make the situation okay. You've got to smooth things over with the customer. And that's not how you do it. You, no. You'll see it through. Yeah. I, I And the reason that I do is for that exact example that you share there is I've seen people that are like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. They're talking all this smack and this hype. And then when it gets down to the, the rubber meets the road, they're nowhere to be found. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. And so I guess I just kind of got, you know, conditioned that, hey, that's not that's not okay. That's not what I'm going to do here. And a lot of times I'm booking those hard times for when I can get to them. Right. It's like, yeah, I'll be there Wednesday at 2, have <laughs> that whatever there and ready to go. And I want to get into the middle of it. And really early on in my career, what made that change for me was it made me a better technician faster. I didn't want to be what I would consider, and I don't mean this in a bad way, just a mediocre technician or a a beginning or learning technician for very long. I still am a learning technician now. I get myself into all kinds of stuff that I'm not familiar with. But the skill set is what allows me to do that. It's like, okay, I don't know how this works. Let's educate on it. Let's figure it out. Let's make sure we have the right tools, equipment. Um, And once you get working through that, you start to develop some understanding. And really, that's that's what separates the men from the boys, if you will. And, And I don't mean that genderly. Whoever, you just don't give up. You know, it's like, oh, crap, that sucked. You know, maybe that's a lot of lost time. But you just got to keep going through it. And then the payoff from that um, ability to see it through pays years dividends down the road that like, yeah, I got my butt kicked on it this one time, but I know it now. Let's reap the benefits from that education. School hard knocks, I suppose. So <laughs> Learning by s- submersion, is that what they say? Yeah, it, absolutely. And I eat, sleep, drink, and breathe <laughs> automotive repair. And it's been a blessing for us. So we have great equipment. We have great people. The other thing that I've noticed is it started to attract some of that high-level talent. You know, Sarah, you and I have done this show many, many years at this point. You know, you don't want to work for a mediocre person. No. And I've done that. Yeah. And it's not great. It's not. And then, so when you see somebody else at a high level somewhere else, you know, killing it in a good way, it almost attracts you to that. You know, that's been one of my biggest draws to this company forever. I quit them at one time many years ago. And I, I went to somebody that wasn't awesome, that wasn't killing it. And I'm like, no, not doing that. And thankfully I left under good terms and I had to eat a little crow and, I had three other job offers because I hadn't called Lois back yet. And I promised her that I would call her back if it didn't work out. So I finally did because they were killing it. Even back then, that's been darn near 20 years ago. And I went to work for somebody that didn't love what they do. They were miserable. They misrepresented their image. He wanted us to be like GQ out there, you know, working on equipment. I was like, I mean, that's cool, but let's fix the equipment. That's what our job is right he'd have us modeling by the trucks and stuff i'm serious i'm not i'm not even joking like he'd see me out there working he's like hey you need to pose over here i'm gonna get a picture oh, dude i gotta life. fix this backhoe here this dump truck i'm like this is what are you doing so but that was back in the day it was a long time ago <laughs> we don't do that anymore um but thankfully i had left under good terms i went and uh, called lois and she said within about 10 minutes yeah let's bring it on back so 
Miss Annie, this has been wonderful. Sarah, as always, you make this show just grease lightning and smooth. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Annie, for coming in. Yes, we thank appreciate you so it. much. Absolutely. It was an honor. Now, if you're out there in Radio Land, if you have any questions or comments for us, you can shoot us a text on our text line, 417-447-5743, or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041KSGF, or why don't you come by and see us today at the Cox Safety Fair. We'll be out there until 2 p.m. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest you of your well. weekend. Be safe. Bye.